There we go. Okay, so explain to me why every time you talk about three trees and you're doing the ads for them, it's just go check it out, make a reservation, and I never do. But you never talk about how awesome the food is there. I was there the other day for supper, and the food was awesome, and then we had nachos after. I thought for sure you are going to bring up browns. That was, I, was I didn't want to specifically shit talk a company no matter how much they suck in that particular Yeah, you have to talk into the mic here. Okay, I'm going to talk into it. Yeah, I didn't want to specifically shit talk a certain company. So I was like, okay, well, let's talk about how good Free Trees is rather than how bad the guys across the street are. Because that's probably the best bar nachos I have ever had. My nachos are better, but they're absolutely phenomenal. They're next level. You know, it's funny, folks. Uh, me and Twos get to do this for the first time in studio. Except we're not doing it in studio. We're doing it, we're doing it at Sean's kitchen table. Cause Which is like two blocks away from your studio. <laughs> I'm so confused by this. I'm parenting. I'm parenting. You know? Oh. I'm parenting. Anyways. Um, I know that people are going to be like, you guys just talked over the into- total intro song. I tell you what. Uh, a brother of mine gave me a good idea. So at the end of the podcast, just hang out. We'll see if we can't get you the song and, and let you listen to it and, and not have us two knuckleheads talk about it. Um, as for Three Trees, you were absolutely right. The uh, bar nachos there are top notch. Uh, wife and I have ordered those uh, in multiple times uh, because they're just that good. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a reason why I speak so highly of Three Trees. The food there is uh, terrific. Terrific. Yeah, but you never talk about the food. You always just talk about how you never make reservations. Because if you're going to go get their awesome food, you need a reservation. Uh, that's that's me. Date nights. Um, welcome to Mashup 34. This is a different look for us this week. So if you're uh, looking for the video, there is no video because Twos is in Lloyd and I'm parenting and we're doing it like old school at the kitchen table. So, you know, we're, we're having a little bit of fun tonight. And Absolutely. we've had... We, it, it, it never seems to be a week goes by we don't have a few issues. And I mean, this week has, you know, not been Let's kind. Hire somebody already. They wouldn't be able to deal with us two yahoos. Oh, you know? they'd quit. They'd, they'd quit. They'd be like, what the fuck is this about? I mean, it, it's, it's been a little bit interesting. All right. 34, uh, Mashup 34 brought to you by Rohan Rig Services. Um, you missed it. Uh, I got to uh, be on stage, uh, do the. the uh, Sean Newman podcast Christmas uh, party. Mm-hmm. Rohan was there, um, and I got heckled because they they said, "Oh, I thought your boys twos was coming to do the show." So the first, you know, Sean Lacomer got yeah. up and started talking. They're like, "Oh yeah, I think this is like this guy's second time." And then the more he talked, they're like, "Nah, Sean fucked us." I'm like, "Yeah, I may have, I may have, I may have oversold." So uh, you screwed me on that one. Either I way, I felt bad about that. Either way, uh, Rohan bringing you mashup 34. They had a fun night. I think everybody had a fun night. Uh, I wouldn't mind meeting those guys one of these days. They seem like pretty decent guys. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Great, great, uh, great guys. Of course, if you're across this wonderful uh, country of ours looking for work, head to Alberta. Look up Rohan, and uh, everything's in the show notes because uh, you wanna you wanna make a small fortune. Uh, you know, working a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe going head-to-head with a guy named Twos. Uh, Rohan's the place to be. There's two different ways to make a small fortune nowadays. One of them is you could start off with a big fortune and invest in uh, a social media company, like Twitter, for example. And the other way is just to work it up the old-fashioned way. <laughs> I 
place like Rohan. Roll up the sleeves. All right. Well, we got the clock set to 22 minutes, 22 seconds uh, today. Uh, I think this Mm -hmm. is the third week I've been trying this out. I don't know if we ever hit that number, but, you know, it's fun to try. (laughs) It's Uh, fun to have a bull. Like, this is just like whose line is it anyway where the rules are made up and the points don't matter. (laughs) And neither does the timer. Uh, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Actually, that that's that's pretty much this show, isn't it? All right, timer is started. Here you go. You don't go woke in fucking Quebec. Woke goes. Uh, at a time when most institutions are busy playing uh, defense against woke activists, Canadians need inspiration to push back against ideologies that we know in our gut are simply wrong. Enter Quebec Premier Francois Legault, a co- coalition, Avignon, Quebec. The CAC party. Yeah, whatever. Uh, government, yeah, correct. And on December 7th, the National Assembly passed a motion that expresses a commitment to merit-based hiring on university campuses and rejects the imposition of racial or gender quotas by the federal government. News, is is that music to your ears, twos? Or- Absolutely. This is the pendulum starting to swing. Not, It's not like it's going back far in the other direction. It's just kind of settling where it should have been in the first place. I mean, if you think that hiring people based on merit is a stupid idea, look at the way our liberal cabinet has been. Look at all of the talentless people that have been fucking up every bit of the entertainment industry for years. Look at Henry Cavill and having to leave Witcher because they just wanted to fill quotas and they didn't care about the source material. This is a guy, this was his passion project for years and he walked away from it because of all this woke bullshit i didn't know that i uh also didn't finish the first season so uh, i'm sorry i i guess I, I wasn't that into witcher um it was okay you should read the books yeah i probably should have yeah i probably should have no it's not too late you should oh just, i should like, read i should read them. like stop the recording and start reading <laughs> i tell you that what good i tell you what uh if this happens anywhere but quebec I think maybe the pendulum swinging back the other way. Quebec is like the start. It's almost like the pendulum still swinging. It's just slowing down because Quebec has always been uh, very like the independent. W- Thank you. Yeah, yeah. They kind of just do what they want, and everyone's just scared to say boo against them because there's so many votes there. Like maybe we could address that at some point. <laughs> Yes, we're back to the old buzzer, folks. This is old school today. You're going back in time by like three weeks. <laughs> this is the throwback to, to before we had any of the advanced technology you guys have come to know and love in the month of November. Access to information has little access and less information. According to Maynard, uh, the government failed to meet its legislated timelines on more than 30% of the 400,000 or so uh, access to information requests made in the last year. One Ottawa-based researcher, Michael Dagg, was told he could uh, he he would have to wait 80 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 80 like, years. Like for, he's not even going to be alive at that point. No shit. 80 years for records he asked from the public or from the library and archives Canada about some RCMP operations. Uh, that particular delay may be extreme, but delays stretching for months into years for relatively routine records uh, requested are now increasingly common. Um, you know, get into the repercussions section of it, though. That's that's the crux of this article: is that there's no penalties, repercussions, liabilities associated with it. There's no punitive damages. It just goes into a spreadsheet, and that's it. If they fuck up all of this access, any of this access to information. There's never any consequences for any of these assholes not doing their job. I mean, if we quit doing our jobs, 
we would get fired. But with them, it's almost part of their job to not do their job. Yeah. Do you think that's why politicians and, and people up high are just like, man, like 30%, just make it part of that 30% that never gets access for 80 years? I'll be dead and gone, and what's the big deal? Well, and I mean, like, there's there's so many arbitrary blackouts and things like that with um, within the information that people do get. Like, remember when Polyev held up those entire pages where literally everything was blacked out. Like, you can't tell me that you need to hide the page number because of access to information or the header at the top or maybe, like, the odd um, adjective. Like, you could have the word the in there somewhere. Like, okay. just, just leave that one word out. Okay, so I, I want to preface this next article by saying that um, I feel like I'm talking like Donald Trump right now. Anyways, I'm talking with my hands. Um, it's because we're in person. The dairy cartel is slamming on the brakes right now and is about ready to scream at the... Yeah, so I've just prefaced it. I'm about to get a long voicemail mm-hmm. on the phone. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that it's silent. So fire away, man. You want to give me four minutes? I'm good with it. Anyways, right. here's your headline. Uh, dairy cartel is curdling the market. Yep. Milk prices in Canada are expected to go up again in the new year. The Canadian Dairy Commission said Tuesday it has approved an increase in farm gate milk prices of about 2.2%. Hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, or just under- I feel like you guys are doing that on purpose. <laughs> or, or just under two cents per liter, effective February 1st, 2023. Uh, the Crown Corporation, which oversees Canada's dairy supply management system, said the increase is based on the rising cost of production. It comes after the commission approved two price hikes in 2022, a 2.5% increase, or roughly two cents per liter in September, and an 8.4% increase, or 6% uh uh, or six cents per liter in February. Altogether, the total 12-month Farmgate milk price increase amounts to roughly 10 cents per liter, or 13.1 percent. Somehow, 13.1 percent. And somehow, I feel like you can do a little math and get two, two, two out of that. Hey, that's just me going back to your latest podcast. You can you can do any math and get two, two, two out of literally anything. So yeah, I mean, off the top of my head. One three one is kind of drawing blanks, but anyways, 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 I, I I got I got the dairy cartel. He's swearing at the radio right now because he wants to know yeah. what you're about to say. I'm curious what Tuz has to say about this. I just find it incredibly interesting that we we being the dairy cartel that I'm in no way a member of <laughs> continue to justify its existence rather than opening it up to the free market and not arbitrarily raising prices thirteen point one percent. What's that? My phone dinging? Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Honestly, we should... I. Okay, you I don't know. Maybe, we, do you, you think, nobody, do you you think nobody, maybe we could have him on next time we got an article like this? Yeah, I think that'd be... Uh, y- 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 now he's fist pumping. Like, y- I think people need to understand. I'm going to pause the clock here for a second. I think they need to understand how many people from the dairy side of the world listen to this. How I many find of, it astounding. How many of them text me and are like, you're a fucking absolute buffoon when it comes to the dairy side of the things. And I should have some people on. Listen, I, I'm sitting here saying, hey. Tell, tell us how we're wrong. Well, they have. I texted you half of it. Probably dairy well, cartels. Yeah, but they don't get. I, I want to hear the economics of it. Not just, oh, yeah, it's really important because <laughs> it feeds families. I get that. Every job feeds families. That doesn't make it special. You are not unique. You are not a snowflake in this. 
Where I'm going with it is how can you justify it? What do you, what do you guys think? Uh, a, a special Tuesday mashup, episode 35, where we bring the dairy cartel on alongside twos, and they talk about it, and I try and mitigate, or mediate, not mitigate, mediate, and see how it goes. That would be interesting. I was thinking that, you know, we're probably just, we've probably just got the one more week before we take some time off for Christmas, and we should do something special for it. Why and, not fire it up with the dairy cartel? Yeah. Like, let's just burn this whole thing down. We'll lose half our listenership. No uh, 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 this might, I tell you what, I, my phone's probably blowing off the hook right now because somewhere he can sense we're talking about it. And uh, yeah. this could be interesting. Either well, way. He probably pan- planted bugs in all of our homes. Oh, probably. He's probably just like, hey, I heard you guys say dairy cartel. What? What what what's going on? It's funny. I love just saying dairy cartel over and over again because I know it pisses them off. Uh, anyways, I love all my listeners. I just love to do it because it, it you know it riles them up. And then and then it, people text. Mm-hmm. And he's not the only one. I shouldn't you know. Anyways, haymakers abound at mostly peaceful hockey game. Uh, this, okay, so we got we got two stories here. Okay, we got we got the Boston Arizona uh, in Arizona at their new rink. That's you know this tiny little barn. All hockey fans know about it, but essentially they moved in ASU built. Uh, so the the college team built a new arena uh, that houses I forget the number, and somebody can quote me on it's, it. It's like it, like eight thousand people or some damn thing. It's pretty small. Basically, if you fill up the penalty boxes, you kind of double the seating attendance for two minutes or four minutes depending on five, no I, I was wrong i was way high five thousand seat arena five thousand five thousand for they nhl still don't fill it. okay anyways so the video is of a brawl going on in the stands and a woman gets like haymakered and it is it I is i wish we were doing video for uh, this because it's I feel so bad. I feel awesome bad. the dude comes in flies across like three rows and just supermans this chick and her hair flies around, and you guys want and equality. This is what it looks like. I, t- I tell you what, I, to me, when I watch the video over and over again, because you can't stop. Once you've yeah. watched it once, you're like, oh, man, i got to see that again. Anyways, um, he looks like he stops for a second. He's like, ah, shit. Well, but yeah. Then, but then everybody, it's like. <laughs> all hell breaks all loose. Hell breaks I mean, loose. there was a small <laughs> amount of hell that broke loose originally, but all hell broke loose after he just laid that woman the fuck out. The cop like grabs it, jumps a guy, slides down like four four rows. Yeah. Man, it's there's only four rows in the state. I mean, only sits 5,000, but yeah. from the top, it, it's perfect. Anyways, it's perfect. The other thing that I, I wrote, I didn't, you know, Leave it to twos to show me something that I missed, okay? This is what I do. Yeah, pretty much. During the all... Okay, all you NHL fans out there across Canada, okay? Mm-hmm. During the all-trans draft tournament held between November 19th and 20th in Middleton, Wisconsin, did anybody mm-hmm. did, did anybody know about this? Did I've, anyone know about this? Do you, do you have any kind of a background in no. Wisconsin, maybe? Yeah, that you yeah. Might, you might know a little bit about this place. Anyways... One biological female athlete was left concussed after a biological male athlete pushed the other athlete to the ground. According to journalist Jonathan Kay, writing for Quillette, player 91 on Team Black, they can't even give them names. Yeah, they don't want... A a (laughs) self-described female-to-male transgender player was pushed to the ground by player 90 of Team Pink, who self-describes as a bisexual trans woman. The tournament was organized under Team Trans, which, according to Kay, is a Massachusetts-based transgender hockey club promoted and finally 
financed by the NHL as a part of the Accelerating Diversity and Inclusion mission. It's everywhere. Anyways. I don't know, man. I think they're on thin ice. <laughs> More than 80 athletes. Let me finish this. You're going to make me laugh and, and bust up here. Mm-hmm. More than 80 athletes played being split up into six teams. Kay noted that however these teams were split up, the results were lopsided as a single team, Team Pink, mm-hmm. ended up stacked with physically imposing biological men, i.e. trans women. And by no coincidence, that team also went on to become the tournament champion. There, I'll try. I'm trying to hold I, it together. I mean, just, just imagine how difficult it would be to be the announcer for that. You know, you just, you got some scrum in the corner, puck, puck comes out to the middle, dude puts it low center, and you're like, oh, he snuck it in the... Can we say that? Can we, can we say five hole? Ah. <laughs> uh... I, I don't even know what to say. Like, I just... Just, just hit it. Just, I just hit it. I, uh, two sent this to me, and I'm like, like, where was I? Like, it's it's in the province, or province, it's in the state that I played hockey in and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, like... Anyways. What a bunch of cheeseheads. Pretty much. NDP moves from crayons to paint. Did everybody see the... Uh, Again, we should really have I know, video for this. Por- I know. This, this would have been a perfect, perfect video time. week. But have you seen the portrait of Rachel Notley where she looks hot? Like, she, let's just be honest. She looks good looking. She looks smoking hot. Yeah. She looks if a about... Pa- if a, a painting can look good looking, I mean. But yeah. you get the point. Uh, she looks She looks like 25 years younger. Were we just... Uh, something that, like that? Yeah. Some 25, 30 years. It's hard to say. But she looks absolutely nothing like how she looked in between the years that she was premier, which were 2015 to 2019. The other really interesting thing I saw about that, look at her hair. Are you looking at it? Yeah, I am. Okay, so she's got the long flowing locks. Yeah, okay. They're probably even longer than they are right now. Sure. Between 2015 and 2019, she went through various iterations of the stereotypical Karen haircut. But she didn't want to be forever immortalized in Parliament as a Karen, despite the fact that it's incredibly fitting. And so she went with a haircut that she never, ever had during her years as premier. And and said, could you take my, you know, like a good, uh, probably Tinder profile. Could we take the picture of yeah. me 15, 20 years ago like, and, and maybe cut out some of the blemishes and, and boom. Yeah, like honestly, if, if you're in the dating game right now and you want to, you know, get something good on Bumble or Tinder or whatever, I would just go with whatever filter she had because it was phenomenal. <laughs> oh, man. I act like, I, like I've never been on Tinder in my life. That's, I'm dating myself, honestly. I, have you ever been a Tinder man? Did you I Tinder? was on it for a little while you and got absolutely, it was, it was just a complete waste of time. How did you meet women with just a box over your face? I'm prettier that way. Did you get some pretty weird fetishes that way? I am pretty, um, yeah, I'm I'm much more attractive with the box over my face. Um, Actually, no, you know what? I don't know. I had had probably the most interesting profile write-up that just... I bet you did. Yes. I bet you you did. You probably had a little sweet little uh, two, two, two in there as well. No, I didn't play on that. Shark Week, guilty of great white supremacy. Mm-hmm. If you tune into Discovery Channel's Shark Week coverage, you might get the false impression that all sharks are dangerous and all shark experts are white men. Mm-hmm. I'm not shitting you. 
A new study looked at more than three decades of Shark Week content and found that the vast majority of experts shown were white men. What's more than the tone of the coverage has tended to focus on the most dangerous shark species, often playing up people's fears of the endangered ocean predators. I mean, really, think about it. If Shark Week was just a bunch of placid fish in an aquarium tank, do you think it would achieve the notoriety and and just supreme level of awesomeness it is right now? Like, I feel like all of Shark Week should be a national holiday. And we've got national holidays for absolutely everything else at this point. Why are sharks being left out? But this is just um, the, the fact that someone even thought to point out how racist shark week is and how there's just nothing but white men i don't know as a white guy who finds sharks really interesting maybe i'm just a walking stereotype i i just the news doesn't surprise me anymore twos you know like i i think you can't find a ridiculous headline and every week you find something where i just go like what am i supposed to say to this like the best, what, what well, am i supposed to say that, that they're finding shark week racist how do you feel about the fact that you paid for that article to be written sean well that that does hurt me uh that was yeah that's cbc yeah yeah i i don't know i don't know how i feel about a lot of things in canada right now um what do you want me to say like i mean we just pointed out that shark week is racist so stop yeah. watching shark week well i don't know maybe it's just because we're so far away from sharks where we live and grew up and everything like that but yeah sharks I just are a brief a be- like can you just imagine like who, who would you get um who, who who could narrate the story of a shark just being a nice thing and you just pet them and they're nice and don't worry about the razor teeth and um, let's just oh they, shawshank redemption um morgan freeman morgan freeman oh yes you're like i'd like to tell you that the jellyfish fought the good fight <laughs> But Shark Week is not a fairy tale. <laughs> I don't know. It's you know. I was I was bugging twos before you know when we first started. I said maybe we should just have a podcast. Fuck the Tuesday mashup because we're sitting here and we're shit's going sideways and this and that. Just we should have just sat and bullshit. Anyways. Number nine. We can always do that at any other point, at any too. point yeah. too. Premier Smith, number nine. Premier Smith solves the Tylenol crisis. Tylenol is now evil. Um, this is going, she announced this uh, just this week. Uh, Alberta Health Services has procured 5 million bottles of children's, uh, basically ibuprofen, Tylenol, etc. And we'll distribute the drugs across the province first and then across Canada, uh, the government says. Mm-hmm. And of course, her credits have come out and and pointed out that these drugs can be harmful and everything else. Yeah, which is literally anything in in ridiculous quantities. I mean, if you get too much water in you, you will drown, and then a shark will eat you, right? And so, but yeah, it's just, it's it's funny how there's these hysterical people that no matter what happens, they've got to find some way to make the people that they don't like in politics come across as the bad guys. Like, oh, Oh, we're all out of Tylenol in this entire country. And everybody's... The knee-jerk is to always look at the federal government because it's across the whole country. And Danielle Smith said, well, you know what? He's kind of a schmuck. Well, I assume she said this. She probably did. Uh, He's kind of a schmuck. What if we just took care of this ourselves and, and became less reliant on the federal government in the process? And generally speaking, I think that's the right answer for all of this stuff. 
You know, on a complete side note, not really, because it's Daniel Smith. Is she going to win in May? And is she going to win in the landslide, or do you think it's going to be, like, very close? I think it's too early to start speculating. The pieces haven't even been set on the board, let alone got in motion yet. Uh, one of the things is going to be how much Rachel Notley wants to play up COVID and how much um, truth comes out now that Daniel Smith and her team have access to all of the stuff that went on behind closed doors and, and what she chooses to disseminate about that. I think that she's probably laying a decent trap there. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that. But you think it's going to be a fight? Well, the you, problem is, is okay, so Edmonton's going to be landslide NDP because they're, yeah. they are what yes. they are. Rural Alberta is going to be landslide UCP, and it's going to come down to Calgary. But the question is, is, is just, you're, not the question, but the situation, I guess, is that Calgary is getting, it's just losing the plot. It's it's becoming just as bad as Edmonton in a lot of different ways, and I find it absolutely baffling. I'm very glad on a daily basis that I no longer live there. I mean, you had the dude shooting the other guy with a flare gun in the C-Train station a few weeks ago. You've got you've got people that don't want to take the C-Train because of all the, the drug addiction and stuff like this, and all of these progressive things, the bike lanes taking precedence in snow cleaning, Nobody uses bike lanes in the winter, right? And just, just all of this stupid stuff that's piling up and the union's getting more and more control and it becoming more and more expensive. And the only people who want to stay are the ones insulated from the consequences because they either benefit from them or they're just um, on a completely separate track. And so uh, the demographics, I think, long-term are going to change to where Calgary goes just as orange as Edmonton does. But it's a question of when. That was a scary thought, honestly. But uh, when when Danielle got elected, I thought she was going to win in the third ballot. Mm-hmm. And then it took to, what, the seventh or the sixth or whatever? Sixth, sixth I think. Sixth, yeah. And, well, I mean, that's and, probably just a testament to the quality of the other um, combatants, right? I mean, maybe. Yeah. No, I think some of them were absolute garbage. Well, we know for sure a, a, a few of them were absolute garbage. But uh, when it comes to politics, I uh, I was you know I hope for like third because I'm like then it shows that things are actually changing. When it goes that deep, I went oh man. So when I see you go, well the game board hasn't even been set yet. I'm like yeah, that's probably more more close to what's what the truth is. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, look at when Rachel Notley won her leadership. I mean, the NDP were a bunch of nobodies. I bet you there's probably maybe a thousand or two thousand people at most who decided who the premier was between 2015 and 2019. Well, I didn't want to pull us into too much uh, chit chat about uh, right. about the election, but I mean, well, here's here's the other thing, and I told you to bring this up because it was going to tie in well, and you didn't, you son of a bitch. Oh, what are we talking about? Oh, Daniel Smith in Germany? Yes. Oh, um, here, here, I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to. Uh, I don't know if anyone's seen the uh, the tweet from Daniel Smith. Uh, Daniel Smith. Daniel Smith. My response to Europe: Free yourselves of Russian energy. Alberta is ready to help. I'm planning a trip to Germany soon to talk about deleveraging Russia's hold over European markets for generations. Yeah. So this is the exact same thing as the Tylenol, except 
with with um, exporting rather than importing. So when Trudeau says, oh, there's no case for natural gas, and then they go at Germany goes to Qatar and signs a 15-year deal, well, Daniel Smith says, well, I don't really care what Trudeau says. We're going to be able to figure something out, and he can eat my balls. Yeah, she's she's uh, she's got a lot of fight in her. It's fun to watch because she isn't uh, getting pushed around right now. You know, I know a lot of people were worried at the start when uh, she was apologizing, apologizing, you know, mm-hmm. and she is pushing the envelope right now. Yep. Honestly, I think there's so many different things that we as provinces, as communities, should be pushing more towards the smaller solutions rather than the big ones. So, like... First Nations water. How many more decades are we going to sit and wait for the federal government to solve this problem with a bunch of bureaucrats in Quebec? Fuck no. You, you listen to Wednesday's episode with Sundance, uh, Jocelyn Berziak, because the amount of people she has to go through for her project right now, mm-hmm. I, I joke something along the lines of, I can just hear two saying how fat bureaucracy is because mm-hmm. that's in a province. That isn't even in the country. So when you talk about solving the little problems of water wells and everything else, mm-hmm. I 100% agree with you. It's like, let's, yeah. let's, let's figure I it mean, out. They can't figure it out, so let somebody else take a crack at it, right? And, and you know, people are going to push back and say, oh, well, I mean, you know, you're just wasting money because the federal government's already paying for it, but there's no solutions. There's no solutions being presented. And at what point do we want to become masters of our own destiny? I say sooner than later. Uh Here's your happy news for the week. Coyotes fighting everyone this week. Um, A two-year-old Great Pyrenees uh, livestock dog displayed his heroic actions by protecting his sheep from a dozen coyotes, so 12 coyotes, uh, last month. Casper managed to kill eight of the the coyotes, saving all the sheep in his care, and then disappeared while he was chasing them off. Mm -hmm. Um, The next day, this is a a quote, so the next day we thought uh, we could find him. Uh, we thought he must have uh, been killed, and so we were looking for him. If he wasn't killed, we figured he was hurt. We knew he was hurt because when we, we found parts of his uh, tail and blood and other things, so we were, were worried about him. Two days later, he showed back up uh, to the house in the pen where he popped his head up out of the chicken hutch. He looked like death. I mean, he looked terrible. And he came home, and he just kind of looked at me like, boss, stop looking how bad I look and just take care of me. <laughs> you know, we talked about the boss bear. Yep. Here's Casper, the freaking Great Pyrenees, whooping, just, killing, just killing coyotes all over the place, right? And I mean, like, what a tough son of a literal bitch. You know, oh my yeah. God, I, 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 yeah. get, I, I get yeah. it. I'm just, I'm still in amazement that he, you know, like, you know, when they talk about Great Pyrenees, because, uh, like, I've heard they're they're a great dog, and I've heard... I don't for, know anything about I've them, heard but for it reasons, looks like this little fluff ball, and you're like, this this little fluff ball just went absolute... Just went absolute ape shit on a bunch of coyotes and just, just wrecked them summarily. Uh, yeah, I... I, um, I uh, great Pyrenees, first off, isn't a, a little fluff ball. Let's, I, I'm, I'm great... Pyrene, how the fuck do I spell you? Great Pyrenees. They're giant dogs, too. Like okay. They're, they're a big, big dog. Well, there's nothing for perspective in the picture, so it just it's it looks true. like it it's could true. have been a large or small um, dog. How big? Uh, come on, you. Male, 82 centimeters height. Weight is anywhere between 45 to 73 kgs. So that's what? Almost 200 pounds, yeah? 73? No. Kg, two, two pounds. Point two. 
So um, you're looking at like 165, 170. Okay, 160, 161. Okay. That's still a large freaking dog. Anyways, it took a round out of some coyotes, and I've heard that about Great Pyrenees. Not that uh, not about coyotes, just that they're very protective and and you don't fuck with them. You know who else is really good for taking out coyotes? Donkeys. Well, I was gonna say a 22 or not a 22. Uh, Duh, a twenty-two. Uh, I was gonna say a rifle, but hey, that's me too. Yeah, yeah. Anything. I um, mean, twenty-two is a bit small, but uh, we we I mean, two seventies are great for coyotes. We uh, we downstairs in the house uh, just a couple nights ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, us, myself, my wife, and three kids had a Nerf uh, gun fight, and I was chuckling because the one Nerf gun has a clip of eight, and I'm like, I wonder the day that's Trude- gonna be illegal. Trudeau is gonna come for this sucker. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, appreciate you uh, doing this in person. I don't know if we're going to get to do this again before Christmas. And you're right. With Christmas around the corner, um, certainly there will be a mashup 35. But I guess we better forewarn uh, listeners that maybe there will be a, a slight break uh, as we break between here and the new year because uh, that may come to fruition. And if that does, we better forewarn them. Uh, to the dairy cartel who's been now, he's writing He's writing furiously. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's He's probably written entire pages already. And sent multiple. Are you voice. up for that challenge? If he, it's co- not really a challenge. I just, I like it when people can explain to me how I'm wrong, and I think this could be really. But are you going to argue with them? If I bring, if I bring, if we mm-hmm. bring bring the dairy cartel on to tell why twos is a fucking idiot, or maybe Sean. That's I'm fine with that. Too. I'm sorry, you're you're wondering if I'm going to argue about whether or not I'm a fucking idiot. No, uh, I'm probably gonna, yes. I'm going to probably yes. Sean. Okay, perfect. Well, I I look forward to this then, folks, because I'm hoping that they're up for the challenge because that would be an interesting way to go into the Christmas break. I'm just saying. That would, that could be a lot of fun. Yes, it could. Um, here here is we didn't get to any text from the listeners. Oh, shoot. Uh, here here's here's one um uh think you should just let the song play at the end don't cut it off for those that want to listen they can oh and a rule anytime the song is playing twos is muted well uh sorry about that this week was that vance no that was dust oh come on (laughs) as if why are we reading dust texts on this show come on Anyways, um, thank you, folks, for tuning in. Uh, we're going to let the, the song rift now, and twos can't do anything about it. So uh, enjoy that. Don't enjoy it, whatever you want. Oh, uh, uh, one of the things I was thinking, actually, just before we get there, yep. is, um, you know, we were having a lot of fun with the fans and audience and mm-hmm. everything else in engagement, trying to figure out if we had listeners all over. And, yep. and then when they started texting us, we are like, wow, that's super cool. So if you were sitting in Quebec or the Northwest Territories or none of it, would really like to hear from you. If yeah, you're listening from seriously. the States, like Mark, to hear from you. Cause, Mark, I'm talking to you right now. Because we, we'd like to check off that we have listeners in all the provinces and, and territories. Anyways, I was thinking we should be trying to get them to engage with us a bit more. So I was like, okay, what should we ask them this week, twos, that they can text in? And, and uh, um, is it do, uh, my early thought was, what do you want to see out of the mashup in 2023? Maybe that's too generic. Maybe you're thinking a little more... Um, um, I don't know. Whatever you want. No, I think I think that would be good. It's it's interesting. I mean, we built this around what we think. Yeah. W- well, what we think we would want to listen to, more or less, and that may or not be may or may not be what you guys want to listen to. I'm thinking if we tailored it just slightly and we get a little bit of specificity in there. Oh, and he's said, gonna pull out the fucking. You missed the start of this. Me and him were going back and forth. I should have had this recorded, trying to pronounce the word specificity i'm so close specificity 
there, there, there. there. Yep. You okay. know what's funny? He laughs at me and says, ah, you fucked it up. I fucked it up on, on live mic. That's why you're laughing at me. Because you <laughs> fucked it up too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I butchered it. I've had a long day though, so that was my oh, excuse. Oh, is that your excuse? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, if we did any sort of big things, I don't know, like some kind of a a special devoted to something or, you know, if we wanted to focus on one particular subject for mm. a week or... You know, something to, um, something to just throw a little bit of extra pizzazz. Because I feel like we got lots of pizzazz already. But if we just wanted to put a shine on it, what might that look like? So, sure. Something to rack your brain. I about. tell you what. In the show notes, numbers there. Text us. We'll read it off next week uh, on 35. Maybe the dairy cartel is is the first one. Maybe people are like, don't give them any airtime. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, is he even going to be allowed to talk about the, the Freemason secrets of his <laughs> dairy cartel? <laughs> Maybe he's just gonna end up uh, waking up at the bottom of the river oh, with some cement shoes on. I'm I'm so happy that I have my phone on silent all night because I'm sure when I wake up it's just gonna be like ding 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 ding. Anyways, yeah. Thanks for tuning in for uh, the mashup, and we will catch you next week. Bye. Mom!